Geek Top 5, Season 5. I'm so happy you're here. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> this is so exciting. Geek Top 5. I'm Jesse. I'm Graham. And we can't do a Star Trek episode without doing a corresponding Star Wars episode. And if that's part of keeping your know, balance to the forest, as it were. Uh, this past, it was uh, September 22nd, we saw the release of Star Wars Visions on Disney+. And it's new and unique and kind of weird. And uh, frankly, it's a lot for the two of us to handle. So once again, we have gone to our 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 just toy box of super experts and i think we've got exactly the right guy to help us out with this graham do you want to uh what's the star wars equivalent of a red carpet do you want to like open <laughs> frequent things that star trek give me a star wars thing that means introducing somebody uh i'll pop them on the jedi holocron yeah sure there we go this week we're joined by college professor and anime expert david hall hello hello um Yes, Do you feel- I, I, I was just going to say I like being on this. Well, you know, like when we think about Star Wars, just yeah, the holocron and how big the sizes and the colors are. I don't know. Uh, imagine me like eight feet tall. I'm going to be a, <laughs> I'm going to be a, a giant person. You're looking at like the Snoke setting. Yeah, right? like exactly. You're looming over people. That's yeah. right. Right. Just my head, I guess. <laughs> I think about anime. Yeah. <laughs> anime. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So David's here with a lot of anime knowledge, and we got Jesse with a lot of Star Wars knowledge, and I'm somewhere in the middle where I got some Star Wars and probably not nearly enough anime knowledge. But here we are, and I'll try to to keep them from each other's throats as we we go through these uh, these episodes. Um, it's it's kind of a neat concept going through the it's nine episodes of of very different anime. Uh, and, and just, it seems like they had fairly free reign in creating these. The, the only thing I can think of that's remotely similar was the Animatrix that mm-hmm. came out Definitely. 20 years ago. Yeah, there, for sure. There was also a Halo thing, though, right? Like Halo just- also did one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, I was going to say, actually, one of these studios also worked on one of the Halo ones as well. Um, but I, I didn't look into the Animatrix about it. But uh, I'm sure, I'm sure maybe one of these studios might have... Um, partook in that as well because some of them are fairly old some of the studios yeah it seems like a good compromise right like if you have this bazillion dollar ip and you don't necessarily trust it to any one studio to do something this wildly different you can sort of have this it's it's like when a little like a a town population 500 says hey submit your ideas for our flag (laughs) yeah for sure it's just like let's see what you got little bits and pieces and if people don't like it it doesn't really matter and if they do like it then great maybe we do something with that later maybe we don't no obligation but uh, you know what like honestly star wars and uh animes it's like uh i mean i think it's a match made in heaven you know it's it's sort of set up to be together so it's not like a it's not adversarial i don't think jesse and star wars and, <laughs> and being anime. like uh you know i always remember uh looking through old uh concept uh art right just for star wars and um vader being so much more samurai right uh with his designs and um obviously george lucas uh thought a lot about um, I would say like Kurosawa as a as a huge influence, right? So maybe not necessarily anime. 
Yeah, but, anybody yeah. who wanted to get laid in a film class in college should be, oh, Star Wars actually borrows a lot from Hidden Fortress. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't know if you've seen it. I saw it before. It was cool. And, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, definitely it's much, frankly, but it's a good point. Like a lot yeah. of that, like the, the 3PO R2 stuff, like that structure of audience viewpoint, like a lot of that comes from those old samurai movies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then the more obvious stuff, like the, you know, the armored figures and the sword fighting, that's just a given. So, yeah, frankly, it's just weird we haven't seen something like this sooner. It's true. Uh, I can think of there there was a Star Wars manga adaptation that was uh, pretty neat, but that was just like a straightforward adaptation of the original trilogy. And I, I don't know if they went beyond mm-hmm. that, but this is this is something different where it's bringing something new to the universe done in that style and done in a very Japanese style. I guess I just want to ask one other thing. Uh, this had uh, the Japanese language mm-hmm. version as well as the English dub. And uh, which did you do at the classic debate of subs versus dubs? That is a great, great question. And uh, you know what? This, this is my uh, uh, naivete, I guess. I think what happened was uh, I flipped on Disney+. Plus. Uh, I started it. I just started it up. And I didn't see any options uh, for subbed or dubbed. And, uh, because I knew that, uh, Disney hired, um, you know, all these companies to do this, I was just like, I guess it's in English. And so I started watching and I was like, wait a, wait a second. Um, <laughs> but then I, but then I was like, what is the right way to watch? <laughs> I always watch, uh, anime, um, subtitled, um, because uh, you know that was the way it was is created, right? But this one, I, I think it was you know supposed to be created with both audiences in mind. And uh, I will say though, I do love anime. I mean, <laughs> that's why you guys sort of brought me on here. But a lot of times, anime, if you actually like listen to, like if I knew Japanese. I think I might hate anime. I mean, or a lot of it, just because it's so on the nose the way that the dialogue is, where like in subtitle form, it's totally acceptable because I'm like, oh yeah, those are like their thoughts. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like a part of it that separation of having uh, text like really helps me um, when it comes to this stuff. So, uh, regrettably, I I I, uh, I listened to to it in English. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> What about you, Jess? I, I had the same start where I didn't see any options and I did the whole thing in Japanese with subtitles. <laughs> um, and then I went back later when I was reviewing for this episode and now I've seen most of them in English as well. Um, and I, I mean, I agree exactly with what David is saying. I mean, it's definitely worth noting that when we were kids, the English dubs for animes were, were awful. Mm-hmm. Um, like no effort went into them. Nowadays, they hire voice actors, and in this case, actors, actors, which yes. maybe not a great idea, but we'll get into that. Sure, um, sure. What I'm saying is that the quality is there now, but yeah, again, it's there's a certain style of dialogue that's extremely expository and that I think reading it off the screen made it easier to bear. And in some cases, like regardless, like like I feel like the Japanese voices did it better, but that's because I don't speak Japanese mm-hmm. and the text mm-hmm. helped. Um, so if you're looking, if you're listening to this podcast and you're looking for advice, subs versus dubs, uh, I did both and got pretty much the same thing from either. So just go with what works for you. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, you know, I, well, this is a whole nother question of like, how often do people watch stuff with subtitles on now? Because I feel like a lot more people do just because they're like uh, watching stuff off their phone or like there's other stuff going on. So I think people are more accustomed to uh, reading uh, more now than they used to be. But um, yeah, I think I would say go go with a sub. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did dub. Um uh, again, it was the default, and for the way I was watching it, it was the easiest. It, it allowed me to. Do, I also started. I watched the first couple with my son, and and uh, doing it with subs would have been tricky. Mm-hmm. Uh, so once I started with dub, I just kept going with it, and and yeah, I I I had the subs on the screen just because that's sort of the default in our house. The subtitles are always on, and every once in a while, I. I, I, I wasn't really paying attention to the subtitles, but every once in a while it would catch my eye that the subtitles were different from what the people were saying. Mm, and that, right, I find sure. that's something that you must mostly get with, with stuff like this, where it's a, a dubbed process and uh, seeing the difference was kind of fun and, and seeing what was added and what was removed. Definitely. But, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's get going. Let's start with the first one. It's sure. called The Duel, and it's by the studio Kamikaze Duga. And this one uh, is mostly black and white. There was a few splashes of color, and it's about a wandering ronin who defends a village against a Sith attack. There's a fight. The uh, ronin wins the day with the Sith leader and takes her kyber crystal and then gives it to the leader of the village so that they can ward off evil. And a kyber crystal, for those who don't know, is the thing that powers a lightsaber. It's how it gets its color and shape, or at least traditionally, that's what the kyber crystal is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so already we've highlighted how the experience of watching a Star Wars anime is different than watching a Star Wars. Because if you describe the episode like that, that sounded incredibly stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure if you could describe most Star Wars in three sentences, it would sound pretty stupid, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was was this? Oh, it was about these two guys who fight, and uh, and one one gives the other a rock. Like, now, what the duel was was like everything about what the duel brought to the table was the style of art and animation where they did this retro i mean obviously a kurosawa nod totally uh, yeah. like to the point like i feel like it's a little pretentious that they were actually animating film grain Always a bit, yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would go with you on that one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they gave it, they made it look like a classic Japanese samurai movie. Uh, they just did that really cool thing where it's all in black and white, except for like light sources, blaster bolts and lightsabers and droid lights. Gave it a very cool, unique style. The, this is probably going to speak to my ignorance, but mm-hmm. uh, especially after having seen the rest of them, this one stands out even more for how unique it was and how the style was so different. After this, there's a lot of of similarity and like I, it's hard to differentiate one studio from another in the rest of the the uh, episodes I found. But this one really stands out. It's got that I I really like the black and white. I like the film grain as a style choice. I like the colors. I thought the the lightsaber umbrella thing was a, a really neat look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I would have hated that if it was live action. Sure. Um, yeah. Like uh, even like the Pixar style CG animation we see in shows like the clone wars but for what this was that yeah, was great definitely i mean if i think if 
if it was live action, it would look like Mary Poppins, like flying <laughs> down. So I think that'd probably be what you'd want to stay away from. But, uh, but this one, I think, yeah, definitely had some impact with it. You know what? It's interesting, I think, for this first one, um, because absolutely Kurosawa influence kind of like, you know, got that like lone wolf and cub feel as well. But I think the thing that sort of bumped me a bit, like I, I do really love the style, but because it also was, um, masked 3D, uh, models, I think some of the movement was a bit was a bit funky, where other places were like really standout solid sort of 2D, which was great. Um, but I do love all the yeah, I do love all the nods to to just sort of that Ronin Seven Samurai feel, even to a bit where they have a moment where uh, the Sith um, woman is swinging her lightsaber down. And the dude catches it between his hands with the force. But like, that's like a classic, you know, samurai catch the blade move. And, yeah, and that, I, I like that's that. The, that's the samurai equivalent of the superhero landing. It right? totally like that, is. It totally that, is. Yeah. Like that shot is so common. It's just that this version of it, uh, like they just add, they Star Wars it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that, that's a pretty good indicator of what they're doing with this whole series. I really liked that. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, like, if you want to watch it or not, you, you can get a good sense of, of if you'd like it or not. If you watch, like, Afro Samurai, which is, you know, the guy who designed these characters, uh, he did those as well. Um, so, yeah, I think it, that's definitely that sort of feel. And even the way that the, the sword play worked um, is, is along those same lines, which I actually I, I enjoyed. And I actually like that there is thought put into the battle which is nice too, instead of two people just like connecting, like the whole idea of how it like moves from one location to another. I don't want to spoil how it ends, but like there's planning there, which I, I thought was good. It, it, gave, it gave the Ronin some smarts, which was nice. Yeah, it adds a lot of depth to the characters when it isn't just like a, you know, just this over the top animation fest. Uh, no, this was definitely the most stylistic one. I think there's a very good reason they led with this. Like, mm-hmm. this, is, this is the most compelling one of the nine, for sure. This is the <laughs> one that makes you think, like, hey, this is something cool and new, and I yeah. want to see more. And I feel like it's almost to the series' detriment because, I mean, there are some more that I liked, for sure. Right. But this is by far the most interesting project of the nine, and it, like, it, it stands alone from the others. Yeah, and I think there are, uh, on its own, and especially as the first one, it works really well. But as we go on, there are a lot of recurring Mm -hmm. themes, and Mm -hmm. I will definitely get into it more as we go on. But this is, I I just, I kind of wish there'd been more of a guiding hand behind them all to be like, um... Can we can we maybe change this detail so it's not quite so similar from the like four others that we yeah, got? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah. especially like again, we'll talk about it more as we go on. But <laughs> there is a significant absence of stars and wars in these shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of those things show up much. And like, I get it. I get yeah, it. Of yeah. course, the stuff that's appealing to Japan is the emotions and the sword fights and the powering up. But like, yeah. oh my God, somebody throw some TIE fighters into this, you know? Yeah, for <laughs> sure. For sure. 
It's uh, so that you say that because I didn't even think about that until now, until you just said that. But it's like, yeah, well, it's uh, like to me, it was like a no brainer. It's like, of course, this is what we're doing. But you're right. Yeah. It would have been nice to have some space battles. Yeah, like there's there's more to Star Wars than Jedi and yet and Sith. And yet so much of this is like former Sith or hidden Jedi or mm-hmm. this or that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, <laughs> where are the bounty hunters? Where yeah, are the smugglers? Yeah. Where are the princesses? Yeah. I, although there's plenty of princesses in this too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but, but all that's to say, they're all like that except for the next one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> The next one is called Tatooine Rhapsody. It's uh, by Studio Colorado, and it's about a traveling band. Uh, the The leader of the band, the lead singer, meets this hut who, who they team up and form this band, and they're being chased by Boba Fett because G, the, the hut member of the band, is a relative of Jabba the Hutt, and it, he's mad that G doesn't want to be part of his crime syndicate, and he's bringing him home to be executed, but... Starweaver, the rock band, put on one last show, and they blow Jabba away to the point where he's like, you know what, I'm not going to kill you, and you're going to be our, I'm going to sponsor you. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You started building that up at the end there. That was actually probably more intense than the actual uh, uh, (laughs) short at the end there. Let's be clear here. This one has a hugely different feel and for a lot of reasons, but mainly because, I mean, the target audience, this one is single digit age, right? Like this is, this is a sh- like the duel is for grownups. Mm. The Tatooine Rhapsody is for kids. Like th- th- this would, th- this would fit right in with the, like the after school cartoon special, like in between Pokemon and Digimon. <laughs> This one, I, I kind of, especially getting to the end of it, I was like, I, I would watch more of this. This was fun. This was lighthearted. It was, it's it's definitely a, a, aimed at a younger age group, like you said. But I I could get into it, especially with the with a kid of my own, although he was barely interested. In well, that's why I was just going to ask if he was into it or not, or even just a whole like row of what were, you know, all these different. Uh, um shorts yeah I, I was actually kind of confused by the uh the target demographic to be honest with uh with them but i you know what i actually really like this idea i think like the, the it's pretty fresh and and i wanted to see stuff that was like not main stream story stuff like i want to see random kooky you know let's play in the world kind of vibes yeah, yeah give me uh, a so punk I, yeah. rock hut with a wig like that. <laughs> yeah yeah. I, so, yeah yeah i did not pick up that he was a hut at the beginning right but. right um but i was gonna say like i think so i was like really excited at the very beginning of of um this short and even seeing like boba fett around there and his his hilariously cute style where it's you know it's kind of like a sort of like lego star wars like sort of shrunken down or like big head that's sort of squashed would um, you call it uh chibi style chibi i don't know yeah i mean I, could, yeah, I, I wouldn't go that far <laughs> chibi style, but i like you working it in there Grant, yes showing your knowledge of, yeah, of what we're yeah. talking about i mean you know you we should weeb. be a way more exaggerated head but what i'll give it to you no, no i'm not it's not it's not that at all it's but chibi, but it's not like i had trouble figuring out everyone's age like i thought like okay this is a sh- like this is about kids but then boba fett shows up and they look the same age as him like i couldn't i think they're yeah like if you're actually supposed to place their ages i'm pretty sure well well this is interesting because like in jap in japanese culture and anime in general all their like heroes and stuff are normally 
children aged. Uh, they think that all these journeys should be for children. Um, but, uh, but I would say like, uh, all the characters I think are supposed to be kind of like early adults. I wouldn't call them kids. That's what, that was the vibe that I was getting from. Yeah, um, but I only, like teens. I only got that when other adults showed up, like yeah. when they're on the stage and stuff, I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. it's like a high school band, you know, something like that. Uh, but then they're the same size as Boba Fett and all his weak way. And it's, I just, I, yeah. I, I found the art distracting that way. Right. I I liked it. I, again, especially as we go on and and there's more of a homogeneity in the the art style, but this uh, stood out again like the first one. These were a good first pairing because they were very different mm-hmm. and from each other and they also ended up being fairly different from from the rest of it, but they I I liked the cutesy style of this like that it was a bubble sure. of Boba Fett that I would I would love a stuffed animal of that Boba Fett and uh and they just all looked very cute. I liked uh, that there's this misdirect of whether the lead singer guy is, has a lightsaber or not. And it turns out that that's his microphone um, with so much, so much stuff where there's a, a piece of music that's going to be the centerpiece of a story. It's a real crapshoot, whether the song is actually going to be <laughs> good yeah. or not. Sure. But I like the song at the end that they play and the, the music in general on this was pretty good. And, and uh, at least in the English version, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt does the voice of the, the singer yeah. and there's yep. a pretty good job singing. Yeah. That's that is worth discussing. Like we didn't mention, like Lucy Liu was in the last one. It's like, like I I listened to the Japanese stuff first. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that they went and hired actors for these. And frankly, I feel like they overplayed their hand a little. Hmm. Like, like I don't think this role demanded Joseph Gordon. Definitely not. You know. So- <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought he did a pretty good job, though. As far as like the the celebrities who I he was the I think the only one that whose voice I recognized on first listen without looking at the cast, but I still liked him and and I thought he did a good job with the singing too, which is hard to do in an anime, I think, where you're you're sort of dubbing over mouth actions that are already animated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like I think there's actually a lot of anime that have musical numbers in them. <laughs> True. Uh, which is which is kind of funny, but uh, I think the the issue that I had with it, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy. I, I think I enjoyed all of these, but you know, to various uh, various degrees. But the ending, and I would actually sort of like talk to you guys a bit more about this, you know, more into audio. But like, I found that it didn't really feel epic at the end. Uh, like just, and I think it was more just because of how the sound uh, was um portrayed like it felt uh like i I wanted the crowd to be like maybe i even just wanted it to be at like jabba's you know uh palace or whatever you want to call it and and been like a bit more grimy and all the people into it and like louder and rambunctious and said to me it felt very like neutered in this like they're far away and the sound of the crowd like wasn't really picking up for me while the, and like, there weren't like, if you're going to have all this airspace, like why not have ships fly overhead or, or fireworks or I don't know. It just, it didn't seem to really like build up for me at the end. I mean, I don't think it was an epic end though. Like the end of this isn't a dramatic duel or a starfire race. It's a, it's a band performance, you know? It's, <laughs> but, like, but the crowd could have got into it. Like, they got into it, but they didn't really get into it, in my mind, just because of how it was sort of done. But, um, yeah, that, that might have just been me. I, I mean, I agree with you. It was not an epic end, but I don't think it was supposed to be. It was just this silly, kind of heartwarming little story. It, I, um, I'm with David, though. Like, you, if you 
want us to buy that Jabba is going to be so impressed mm-hmm. by the crowd's reaction to to them that he's going to uh, call off the execution. You kind of want the crowd's reaction to be overwhelming and and have it and even in the the way they set it up where there's such a divide between the band and the audience with an animated thing you can you can bridge that divide a lot. You can you can make it look like they're a lot closer in a um, symbolic way mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. makes it feel that much more visceral and and like the their crowd. Even though there's a real gap, you can have these camera angles that make it look like they're really close. Yeah, and, and exactly. I uh, yeah. I, it just I don't know. Maybe I just wasn't as invested in this one as you guys. <laughs> I, I can't, like, should we move on? Yeah, yeah. We got a lot of these to get through. We do. Okay, so this one is called The Twins, and it's by Studio Trigger. Uh, it's about twin <laughs> uh, Sith siblings, I guess, or dark Jedi yeah, Imperial yeah. siblings. They also have twin Star Destroyers. The the man twin has this bad dream that his sister's going to die, and so he they start fighting over the super weapon and, and he wants to break her away from the empire so that she'll, she'll survive. And they end up having this fight to the death. It involves Kyber crystals and a big planet destroying <laughs> laser and, uh, an X wing that can lightsaber into hyperspace. And, uh, and, and it has sort of an unsatisfying ending. I, I know I've done a terrible job explaining it. <laughs> I love I've it. Really good job. <laughs> and it's absolutely not your fault. This one was bonkers like if i had to describe to somebody what anime is this is a perfect <laughs> yeah it because you have two very different things happening and this is like this is some like the studio these are the guys who do kill a kill right yes that's so right, yeah. this is very much their jam um also again having nph and alice and brie completely unnecessary for these ludicrous roles hearing those celebrity voices doing this dialogue was Mm -hmm. absurd. But the point I'm making is that this one suffers and excels from all these anime stereotypes in that there's way too much exposition at the start. Oh my God. So much exposition. This, this short is like 11 minutes long and it like the first 17 years of it are the characters (laughs) explaining, Oh, ever since you were a girl and this happened and this thing, and this is why we're here. And this is how this is going to work. And it's like, for the love of God, it's star Wars. Put it in the title crawl. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so they do that and that's terrible and that's something that happens in anime a lot and then the second half of this was absolutely batshit insane <laughs> animated fight scene the girls got doc ock lightsabers yeah, like at one point right. she like her darth vader suit has high heels and at one point she kicks him and a lightsaber comes out of the heel like <laughs> it's like it's way too much but to the point where it's really funny yeah it's the way it I should be <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, that has to be what they were going for and yeah and the guy like attaches his lightsaber to a hyperspace engine and hyperdrives through her and through the doesn't kill her like somehow the oh, yeah. the lightsaber super weapon thing it's like destroying this the star destroyer but then narrows to a clean fine beam yeah <laughs> and then narrows to a fine beam and just hits the crystal she's wearing and then goes back to big and destroys the rest of the ship and somehow they're fighting on top of the star destroyer through Obviously. the whole thing 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's, well, he's in like a, a Luke Skywalker tunic and pants, and he's like in the vacuum of space. Exactly. <laughs> oh, he's yeah. surviving, but breathing all that exposition. Air. By air, I mean no air. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, there's sound in space in Star Wars, so there must be air in space in Star Wars. Yes, for sure. I, I was laughing. I mean, and that had to be their goal because oh, it's yeah. so elevated. Yes, like, it, like this, this is where it was like, okay, nothing here is going to make any sense. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy the madness. Mm-hmm. No, I think like they executed exactly what they want to do. I totally agree with you at the beginning. Tons of exposition, but all the visuals are so striking, right? Like they have these neon colors. The line work is so on point. Like just, you know, the way that even her helmet, it has like these massive like just uh, I don't know, like check mark things out the sides, but they like cut across the screen in such a way that it's so dynamic. And I, I actually really enjoyed a lot of the early gags of like the guy walking up to a door where it's supposed to be empty, and then you know it opens and there's just a ton of stormtroopers behind it and stuff like that. But it, it's classic kill a kill, Gurren Lagann, you know, sort of um, anime. Like this is this is what we expected from the studio. So and, tell me, and they I, I don't, you know. I don't know anything about the the Kill La Kill and Gerlag and what are those shows like? Sure. So, I mean, yeah, like I'll say this is exactly right up their alley because Kill La Kill, uh, the short version is basically a girl has a talking uh, outfit that like sort of (laughs) grows and like takes over her while she goes to fight people up her way in the school. And it's all about like clothing and everybody has like these like sort of like living fiber clothes and yeah so it's ex- it's exactly sort of like uh, what we watched <laughs> star wars you know yeah. with just the the outfits transforming blades popping out of nowhere the psychedelic color that streams through everything like even just a way that you you know a lot of animation has like you know black outline but here they'll just remove it and it'll be you know like pink Right, like cutting right into the person's face, uh, which is, uh, yeah, I think I thought it was was great. It was very pretty and very different, but like I could never watch a series of this. Like, not in Star Wars. I, I mean, I'm not a huge kill the kill guy either. <laughs> right, but but just like that, but the it's such a tricky balance when you turn things up to you know, ele- heck eleven, turn it up to twenty seven, like this did. Where it's like you're throwing so many rules out that just everything becomes ludicrous. And, and and then it just becomes kind of the thing of like, well, why are we here then? Like, what what possible limitations are there? Am I worried about these characters at all? Like, like all of that goes out the window. And even for the limited amount of time I had to watch this one, like, between the exposition shouting and the ludicrous powers, like it was just like nothing here matters. There's no weight to any of it. And that's something that like I think is kind of an essential ingredient to Star Wars. Like you can make you can make a lot of great cakes, but like they all gotta have eggs, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's probably vegan cakes now, right, but right, so yeah. some kind of But you're, yeah, you're so. saying it's all style. I would I would I would tend to agree with you. I think that this is so me just on a side note, I'm not a huge fan of uh a lot of these anthology type um experiences because I find that um I, I actually I love a really, really good short film, but basically you you can count i can count like on my hand the number of times i've seen a really good short film right like most of these things you need more time to uh 
try to invest in in characters and um and i think that's sort of the issue with with a lot of them it's hard to sort of uh really understand some, the emotions but some of the other shorts do accomplish that. some of them do better better than and others this, yeah. and this one was just all licorice and candy yes and, yeah yeah and honestly if you're inventive enough to come up with a doc ock lightsaber suit <laughs> but you make that stupid what do they call it the gemini class star destroyer <laughs> where it's, it's they're twins so it's just yes. two star destroyers glued together like, oh yeah <laughs> I, I mean, I laugh. Like as soon as that opening happened, I was like, "I know what I'm in for." Right? Like you see one, you see one star destroyer, and then it pans over. Like the light, right? The shadow goes over, and then there's that massive cannon, jet, like engine-looking thing, and then the other <laughs> star destroyers right it. there. Yeah. I was looking at it, and I was like, "Wait, what's that thing? What are there two ships? I'm not. What's happening here?" And it took until they showed the blueprint of it and the exposition, and then I was just like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> Okay, okay Jesse just doesn't up. like ludicrous things. <laughs> I loved like the Doc Ock suit. I even liked the hyperspace lightsaber, even though yeah, it's insane. Yeah. But that was like, just come on, just like take a Star Destroyer and give it some wings or give it two bridges or something. I don't just think, okay, I'll put another one. And somebody just phoned that in. I'm just, I'm just a little offended. Well, <laughs> I think it would almost have even been cooler if it was like, if it, they weren't attached at the sides, but like a top and bottom thing. So it was right. like, sure. it was like a reflection. Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah, I like that idea. Yes, I did it, guys. Uh, <laughs> I just, before we move on, because we do need to move on, yeah. I, I just want to say this is episode three out of nine, and it's the second time a kyber crystal has been important to the story. And kyber crystals have been mentioned in like one of the 11 movies or something. It's like, I, I don't, it's already too many kyber crystals. <laughs> <laughs> so. This, uh, I agree with you, but once again, Japan, you know, <laughs> if you go to a museum, they'll have a wing full of just sword blades. <laughs> like that is the entire thing. <laughs> they love swords. So that is why we have these kyber crystals everywhere. <laughs> okay. So episode four, there's a, a Jedi who's on this remote planet. He meets an explorer and the two of them uh, are trying to, they found out that a bunch of separatist battle droids have been ro reprogrammed and are holding a village hostage. Uh, there's a, a village chief's daughter and her fiance that are, are going on this one last pilgrimage before they, they sacrifice themselves for the betterment of the village. The, the, the bride's, sister doesn't like the fact that they have to do that and she wants to rebel against them uh they get defeated these rebels get defeated and then the jedi and the explorer come to their rescue and defeat the separatist droids and the sith that's controlling them i think i did a good job on that one yep i mean yeah but it does it all sort of starts to run together doesn't it yeah, <laughs> yeah. all right can i I mean, maybe this is like taking it from the wrong direction, but can I start from the end of this one? The climactic moment of this, as indicated by the drawing and the dialogue and the music, is the masked character revealing that she's a Jedi. And like, we all knew that she was a Jedi. Like, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. That was like, did they direct it wrong? Or like, I, can't, I've, I watched it twice. 
and I, the second time I was really paying attention and it seems like we're supposed to be like building up to hints that she's a Jedi. Mm-hmm. Except she shows up with a Padawan's rat tail and in robes. Yeah. Like, and she's also not doing anything else. So it's like, <laughs> she just, she's not even like a part of the story. You know, it's like, so like, even when she is revealed, like, even if you were surprised, it'd be like, okay, <laughs> like it's not about you. It's about this other bride. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I, I felt so like, I think this is one of the more popular ones of the set, but I just felt like it was such a, not a letdown, but it was like, the amount of attention they focus on her unmasking, it was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I know. We all know. Mm-hmm. Everybody here knows. What, like, they just, ah. Uh. Okay, well, I'm glad it wasn't just me. No. I, I would actually argue that the whole uh, short was poorly structured story-wise. Because, um, so what, as Graham was mentioning, it's about this sort of, uh, this bride and her fiancé before they get married, like, they they go to get married basically, so they go up. They take the time to go up to this place where they have a memory of themselves. Then they have this dinner, and then we find out that she's getting married. You know, and I think the whole opening would have been way more impactful if we knew it was going to be more bittersweet because this was going to be like her last moment, like mm-hmm. her last day on the planet, right? Like if we saw like this looming ship waiting for her. You know, and we're because I also there's I don't know if anybody listened to these, but um, if you watch Visions, they also if you go to the extras, you can watch uh, mini docs on each of these um, shorts. Uh, So I went through and and so the director is talking about how he wanted to, you know, sort of honor um, sort of the Japanese tradition of like nature and like being in mountains. And sort of, you know, that sort of journey and having it be a bit more slow paced and stuff, which is cool. Um, but uh, I think they did that by having the opening. But we're just wa- sitting there being like, well, what's what's going on? Like, like let's yeah, do like, something. Like so much focus was on the, the Magina, the, mag- the Magina, the whatever they call it. <laughs> the Magina. What do they, yeah. they pronounce yeah. it? That's how it's spelled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. That I guess is like their force equivalent. Yeah. But we spend a lot of time watching them do that, and then it's like, and now the story moves on, and we never hear about it again. Mm-hmm. It just like, why was so much weight put on that? I mean, I have to imagine there was a draft of this where that was more important, uh, and then it got cut, and they forgot to adjust this scene. No, I think that was, I'm just trying to appreciate nature. But I think that's that's what the director was saying. Yeah. Okay. I didn't, I didn't get that from it. Yeah. No. Um, I, I did like I like the beginning and I like the the um, groom carrying the bride around and and I like the sort of cultural touches of that and and I don't know enough about Japanese culture but it feels like something drawn from from a real tradition and uh it i didn't feel very star warsy but it felt like an interesting touch to bring to that world mm-hmm. and there was a nice romance there between them i felt like there was a, a nice connection um i thought the battle droids were it were cool bringing them back and having them be a threat even though they they ended up not being much of a threat well they also uh, were jokes right with what they were yeah. saying but uh, yeah, yeah no i think it was all right to have them around i like the the setup makes sense right to have them reprogram yeah and and, and, the, and the battle was fun like it was and it was a very star warsy confrontation i mean like we're we're sort of doing this one dirty by pointing out all these things that like that for sure don't make sense about it mm-hmm. it was but it was a fun build it was very heroic to see her step up and save the couple and 
like we're very relieved when everyone is okay. Yeah. Uh, like we're very, like, you know, they made us care about that village and those people and they did a good job of it. Was, was one of the rebel guys who stands up with the sister Naruto? Like, I haven't seen Naruto. So there's a guy standing beside her with like a bandana with like a swirly thing in the middle. Oh, okay. like, oh you wouldn't say like the voice actor. You say like actually, like, yeah, it's actually <laughs> Naruto. <laughs> what a twist! <laughs> That's, I'll tell you this: her like old man buddy who like lures her into this whole thing. Yeah. In English, he's voiced by Shang Tsung. He's it's Carrie Tagawa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was watching. I was again. Why would you bother? This guy has like four lines. <laughs> like, so this is episode four out of nine, and it's the second one that involves a remote village that needs to be defended by a Ronin Jedi type character. So again, uh, already feeling some some recurring themes. Mm-hmm. I did like the styling on her lightsaber. They made it sort of the gold katana thing with the mm. like it. They gave it a sort of a fun twist. That was kind of neat. But yes, it's it's a story we have just seen already. And frankly, the duel did it in a way stu- like a way more entertaining way to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this one is uh is gonna be a bit complicated to explain. Uh I'll try to do it quickly, but bear with me. This one's called The Ninth Jedi, and it is by production IG. Uh there's uh Signal that's gone out that's attracted a bunch of uh, Jedi to this planet. There's a, a it's ruled by a Jedi, and uh, on the same part of the or in a slightly distant part of the planet, there's a lightsaber builder who has created uh, lightsabers that need to be delivered to this meeting of Jedi. A, a bunch of the Jedi have been uh, assassinated. This is after Order Thirty Three, I, I think, and uh, so the the uh, this lightsaber manufacturer gets attacked by bad guys so he sends his daughter with the last of the lightsabers off to deliver them meanwhile all the jedi have arrived and they're they're sort of feeling each other out and trying to figure out who's who and what's going on and this droid who belongs to the jedi ruler is like hey i've got one lightsaber and i got more coming and he gives it to the the youngest one named ethan uh the the girl comes uh, to to and delivers the lightsabers, and they're all sort of like half finished. And one of the gimmicks of them is that they they don't have any color, and the the power of the Jedi who wields it will give it its length and color. And so the all, all these uh, Jedi activate them, and all their lightsabers are red. They're really Sith. Only Ethan is the the real Jedi. And then the droid reveals himself to have actually been the Jedi Master, and they all fight these evil Sith and and kill them, and the they uh, win the day and uh, they, this is the beginning of a new Jedi order and they, they go off to, to find more Jedi with their new lightsabers. It's like, there's a lot of little twists and a lot of things to cram into like 20 minutes. Yeah. Take a breath. (laughs) (laughs) So first things first, did I have a stroke or did you say order 33? Uh, What was it? 63? (laughs) <laughs> I did say thirty three, or it's the uh, it's sixty six. Sixty six. I I just uh, it's uh, uh halfway right. too soon. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, my yeah. bad. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna be drummed out of the Jedi Order. For that. <laughs> <laughs> you just you just were never a part of it. That's, that's <laughs> <all>. uh, <laughs> I'll say though, um, when it comes to this uh, short, 
I believe it was the longest of the bunch. It was originally supposed to even be two. Like the production IG was supposed to do two shorts, and then they're like, oh, we're just going to slap them into one. Um, I, this is the one that I was actually looking forward to. Well, I shouldn't say that. I was also looking for the, the twins. Like when I watched the trailer, um, mm-hmm. twins like really caught my eye. But but like IG is like the OG um, studio. You know, like they did everything. All the big movies, you know, like even like we're talking about like Ghost in the Shell back in the day and mm-hmm. Neon Genesis, the movies and and uh you know one of my favorite sort of newer shows welcome to the ballroom i don't know if you guys uh know that series or not but uh yeah so they do it all so they're like a they're a big ass company um that put out a lot of a lot of great stuff and i and i would say that they didn't disappoint i uh i really enjoyed uh enjoyed this one but how do you guys feel about this one i mean i feel like this was the most star warsy of it sure uh, this is also the one that I think if this was like a pitch or a pilot, I'd say like, yeah, I'd watch more of that. Um, on the whole, I liked the characters. So like, there are still little like cartoon, like, you know, what's Ethan, the, mm-hmm. his name is clearly the protagonist. Kind of a in loser. This, <laughs> he, kind of a loser. He walks into this room and he's like, so all the Jedi are extinct and in hiding. I'm a Jedi. Hi, new people who I've never met. How are yeah. you? Yeah. It's like, Okay. <laughs> But on the other hand, like, I like the setup. I like the, like, I'm not sh- like, it feels like it doesn't quite fit in with the canon. The idea that, like, lightsabers are extinct and are so hard to find. I well, mean- they're, like, they're, um, they're outlawed because, I mean, if you're not going to have Jedis, you don't want people to have those Jedi weapons, right? Well, but they're Sith everywhere. <laughs> but i mean i i feel like but that's like shouldn't they be like those those you i mean they would have those in the empire right like under lock and key for them making their own uh uh lightsabers versus like rogue people making them for the common I mean, person i don't know my impression was that like 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 that they had like you know like like Ethan's his reaction to them seems to be like like I've never even like these are myths. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, not, I've never even seen a real one it's before. True. It's true. Uh, yeah. It does it like canonical inconsistencies again because like everybody in this episode is force sensitive and everybody knows oh, yeah. how to use a lightsaber. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. so, <laughs> like, for something that hasn't been around much, like they've really got a good handle on it. <laughs> I think this, but I don't. Even, I would say that it's also canon that if you're not a person who uses a lightsaber, but a lightsaber goes in your hands and you're somewhat force sensitive you become a master uh, swords person like like that's what happened in in the in the movies right so that's what happens to skywalker that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying so 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 that that is happening that i think everybody i mean this happens later on to toby one as well like you get a lightsaber in your hand and you're now a trained master swordsman instantly got yeah Yeah. download it from the matrix i know that's right that's actually what Um, the force is it's just Instructions to to yeah. fight with a with a lightsaber. Again, I'm fetching, but I really liked this one. I really liked the what's going on kind of tension. I really liked the short chase scene in the middle with the, the, the hunter chase chasing the girl yeah. on the on the speeder bike. Yeah, that was Star Wars. That was yeah. great. Yeah, and even the lightsaber fighting, like the amount, like the emotions they invest in the color, like that dramatic mm-hmm. moment that Graham mm-hmm. mentioned, like all the sabers are red, mm. but. Like, the girl's fighting with the saber and it like her dad explains to her it barely lights up because she needs training but as she's fighting it starts to turn green like that was a cool moment like i i felt those emotions like i i would like to see more of that although i would just i would have trouble reconciling it because again it's breaking a lot of star wars rules 
for the for like for the coolness factor. I'm down with that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> some of the, the rule breaking I like. I mean, before the prequels came out, the idea I, I like. I remember walking around the school field talking about Star Wars, and the idea was like a Jedi builds their own lightsaber and that's why mm-hmm. all the hilts are different and it tells you something about the wielder and then you get to the prequels and they're just handing them out like candy it's just like <laughs> yeah. you get a lightsaber you get a lightsaber you get a lightsaber and so to bring it back to this where it's like not only do all the lightsabers sort of unique and handcrafted and specially built but the user uh, whoever's using it will will the color will be changed depending on where they are in the force and whatever. I thought that was a really neat thing. I don't know if that works in, in live action. I don't know if that's an idea that's, that's too out there for, uh, to be in a grounded world of, of star Wars or the more grounded world of star Wars that's in the movies, mm-hmm. but I really like it as a concept. And, and I think it's executed well in this and it brought some of the magic of lightsabers back for me. Sure. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to be like, it doesn't have to be a pitch for a new star Wars movie, right? Give these guys a series, give them a 14 episode, like, you know, let's see how it does. Star Wars, Ninth Jedi, whatever. Like I'd watch it. Like mm-hmm. this, th- this one seemed the most complete, I was the most interested in it. It had a story. It has characters. I'm interested in them. I'm interested where they go. Like this, even I mean, we like the duel because of how stylish it is. There's not a lot of meat there. This one was a this was a full meal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They set it up really well. But I think Graham, you're making like a really really good point about uh, this one specifically. But like, what's the difference with animation that we can do crazy? You know, change it up a bit, right, from live action, and so. I do think, uh, well, earlier, some of the earlier ones definitely have tapped into that. And this one, I think, is it kind of, I could also see this as live action besides some of those little those points. But I think, yeah, I, I definitely enjoy the story. And I really like, I mean, even just uh, being there at the sort of, I guess we're calling it a blacksmith's shop. Uh, if there's, I don't know if there's any uh, any of that going on, smithing going on. But I think they call um, him a sabersmith. A like, sabersmith, yes, yeah. yeah. Um, but like having having those two, uh, I don't know what are they bounty hunters or guys who show up to, you know, um, investigate what's going on. Uh, they were imposing, you know, and and they were. Uh, I think everything led. Uh, they, they kept the pace up, right? Like even when she had to run away and she, she has to go to this other, this, you know, this floating rock with where everybody else is, you know, meeting this uh, droid that's in a line of, you know, destitute, broken down droids that and he's sipping a drink and chill. <laughs> like, I love it. Like, I think yeah, yeah. great droid drinking tea. It was yeah. like, okay, I just like, <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> But I felt the intensity. I was like, come on, we got to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, I also want to point out, this is another one where uh, kyber crystals are an important part of the plot as they're, it's yeah. all lightsaber yep. manufacturing. Uh, now on to Toby uh, by, it's uh, by science Saru and uh, not related to the Star Trek discovery character. I, I don't think anyway. Uh, so this is about a guy who's on this planet, this barren planet, and he's making it, he's terraforming it. And he's got this cute droid named Toby who really wants to be a Jedi. And uh, he's told that there's a, there was a Jedi that was here before. And I've got a lightsaber hilt for you, but you need to find the Kyber crystal. And uh, so Toby goes looking for it and then finds out it's in the basement and that this, that his master was actually the, uh, the 
uh, Jedi he was looking for the whole time. Uh, but in looking for the Kyber crystal, he accidentally activates this uh, signal that uh, lets a Sith Inquisitor know where they are. The Inquisitor comes and starts fighting the Master. Toby is sent to, to go into a hiding spot. Uh, the Master gets killed. Toby comes out of hiding and is sad, finishes terraforming the planet, and uh, fights the Inquisitor. He's got his lightsaber now and uh, defeats him and then goes to continue terraforming as his Master wanted. Very cute one. A um, lot of, like, like, very clearly referencing Astro Boy. Definitely oh, yeah. Astro Boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, where was the Kyber Crystal? Because he doesn't find it. And then he terraforms the planet, and then the oh. ghost of his master congratulates him, and then he just has it. I think that uh, so the kyber crystal was in him all along. Literally, though, like, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I get that was the message that he had yeah. to like learn to respect life and stuff, but also literally like. Was the crystal built into him? Is I, that what it was? I actually he, can't remember exactly where it came from. <laughs> yeah, I think he, maybe he's like powered by the Kyber crystal because he's a droid. That, that was the one thing. Like, I thought it was really cute and a lot of great Astro Boy stuff. But the idea of a droid Jedi is interesting. Um, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. it's one of those things. Like, ten years ago, I would have been furious because that's yeah. not how the Force works. Right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, who the hell knows how the Force works? <laughs> nobody, exactly. nobody knows. Now I've gotten old enough to realize that you know what? It's Star Wars. It's about space wizards fighting with glow sticks. Yeah, the Force works however the hell they want it to work. Yeah. And if they want it to make a droid a Jedi, why the hell not? Binary midichlorians. I mean, it's just. <laughs> how it how it has to play out sometimes whatever yeah it's just it's a bit of a hat on a hat where it's like you got this guy who's terraforming which is in kind of a new thing for star wars at least in the the primary canon mm-hmm. and maybe it has come up in in novels and stuff previously but terraforming is not something that's a regular part of star wars so to have that be a feature bring in sith inquisitors bring in jedi bring in kyber crystals and a droid who's a jedi it's uh it's a lot but Toby the droid is pretty cute and charming, and so I was willing to let a lot of it go just because I was like, ah, well, you know, this is kind of, again, a more childlike uh, episode of this. Again, six episodes in, yet another Kyber Crystal storyline, but... Here yeah. we go. <laughs> I, I think that's sort of the big problem, is this, it's just the overlap. But, like, yeah, uh, it would have been cool to see Toby, yeah, trying to just terraform a a planet. I think that would be a really interesting story on itself, but that's not the story that they gave us. So is a little boy dreaming to be a Jedi. Right. And, um, and then of course becoming one. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, at this point we've seen so many Jedi, we've seen so many, and I love, I love battles, lightsaber duels, but, um, I don't know. I, I, I like even they, they did a really good job with this one too. I, I found, uh, with, they all do, right? Like all the animation is is top notch um, when they go out and, and it, battle. I mean, this one, I think, the, like the distinctive style of this one, right? Like the the the, the Astro Boy style, I think, lends itself more like more to the terraforming part of the the story rather than the lightsaber battle. I think the battle suffered. I mean, not suffered. I don't want to say like they could have done better, but just that's not a great medium to show it. 
Right, because it like, just sort of feels too kiddy for you when it, when they were doing it. it. Yeah, I mean, it, that's definitely a part of it, but also just like they don't have that much to work with. Like, there's a lot of like you know hidden strikes and like things happening like off camera for a second, just because like the just the art they have doesn't lend itself to the kind of precise movements mm-hmm. that you come to expect for mm-hmm. something like this. Like, like I could tell you how the fight between the Ronin and Lucy Liu's Sith yes. went. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't explain to you like oh they they fought with their lightsabers like you know in attack of the clones when they have the the sequence where like they just they they, they couldn't animate christopher lee well enough that day <laughs> so animate my draw in this case i mean literally move him around like so they just there's this series of shots where they just they alternate between these close-ups yeah. on christopher yeah. lee and hayden christensen and just like play a colored light over their face yeah, and it's like yeah, no, they're they're totally waving their lightsabers around, and they're doing flip kicks and like reverse ollies. It's great. You can <laughs> just just believe us for sure. Like that's what this animation was. Like the the lightsaber fight, there was nothing to watch, and it felt kind of like I just it, it's an animation. Like, it, like every frame so carefully has to be planned to give me something to watch. And that part, like, I've watched it twice, and I couldn't tell you what I saw. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I think there, yeah, there always has to be a story wall, even in a fight. I, I do, but there is a bit where he does like lose his arm, right, and then, um, then he really learns about his true potential. Well, guess, and then and his back. little buddy droid turns into a jetpack suit. Oh yes, he definitely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he definitely Which, mechas, uh, levels up. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Again, he Mega Man, Astro Boy. He, he kind of. Very yeah. Mega Man Seven with the super suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, uh, I get it. Astro Boy and I mean, and Mega Man too. But like in terms of the story, like I don't understand sure. why that fight happened. What does that add to the series at yeah. all? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't. I thought like I thought that was maybe the weakest fight of the of this entire thing. Right. Right. Okay. Episode seven: The Elder, uh, produced by Studio Trigger. This is uh, two Jedi who go to the Outer Rim. It's a Jedi master named uh, Tajin and his Padawan, Dan. Great Star Wars name. Uh, <laughs> Dan just wants adventure and excitement, classic Padawan stuff. He's in uh, they, they go to this planet and there's uh, they, they've felt a disturbance in the force and they get there and they're like, Oh, well the disturbance is gone. Oh, but maybe that's even more of a hint that there's a problem here. They, uh, are protect the village and they go out to find the thing that the, uh, Tajin, the master stays in the village in case the guy comes back. Dan goes off to find this, uh, evil Sith in the mountains with the, the young people from the village who show him how to get there. Uh, there's a big fight with Dan and the elder, uh, who is the, uh, Sith master who's hiding there. Uh, he grievously wounds Dan. Tajin finds out what's going on and goes up to fight him. There's a big fight and, uh, they manage to, they work together and defeat this Sith elder. Uh, the message of the whole thing seems to be that 
getting old sucks and that if, <laughs> if the elder getting had been <laughs> yeah it's like if i were the elders like if i were uh younger i would have killed both of you and then at the end dan is like oh wow that was tough and he's like the jedi master's like yeah i'm getting old too so i'm starting to suck and you're gonna just keep getting better until you're old too and yeah. <laughs> it was a really weird message had more to do about like <laughs> i think it was more about like transition yeah. I'm, a, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm imagining yeah. Lion King right now where um, Mufasa says to Simba, <laughs> getting old sucks. And that's what he says. And then just, just lopes away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for, for the English dub of this, I, I the, found the master's voice really kind of distracting and I didn't know why I, I felt like it was kind of a Harrison Ford impression. And then at the end, it, it's David Harbor yeah, from Stranger Things right. and Black Widow. And I really think it was just him doing a real mellow Harrison Ford impression for the whole thing. And I don't think it worked, but like, I like David Harbor. So, you yeah, know, I'll give yeah. him uh, the benefit of the doubt, but it, it was a weird choice. Yeah. This, there was, <laughs> This is such a neutral one, and like I want to like, like this is like this one could have been an episode of the Clone Wars. Sure, you know, yep. it's just like right. the wise old master and the ambitious Padawan and the vicious Sith. Like it was in a way, it was kind of bland compared to hmm. the others. I like this one. <laughs> I, well, I I liked it too. I enjoyed it, but it, I, I I don't have much to say about right. it because it was a Star Wars thing where right. these two Jedi hunt down a, a cool yeah. Sith. I just think they I think they did a really good job of just setting up like the the pacing in this one, and it was like sort of the opening is a bit slower, or whatever. But I think they did a really good job with the tension of you know first they're on the ship, and we learn that Dan is a bit of a you know, like he's a young guy, he still wants to see more stuff. He's sort of like messing with his, you know, his master, and then they land, and we can see even that dynamic with the little kids that Dan still plays with while the master is doing some work. Um, but then there's like that tension because we know that they're going to separate, and so we're like, "Oh, Dan, you're in trouble." <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and like, I really like that. And so, like, we see the ship, and it's like. Oh, it's a, it's a Sith ship, which I mean, we know, like, like, I think that's the thing is the reason why I like this one is even though we knew where all the beats were going, it's kind of like, you're kind of dreading it just because you're like, Oh, Dan is so dead. Um, <laughs> I was kind of disappointed. He didn't die. I know. And that was, that, that's a failure. Like he should have definitely been dead, <laughs> but, or somebody like one of them had to die. Like maybe like, he's like, he's injured. Like he's, maybe he's not dead because the, Sith was like keeping him as like you know bait or whatever, but then the master should have the uh, should have died. But anyways, yeah, I I thought the elder was neat. He was a cool, very anime type villain, but mm -hmm. uh, a, a cool villain that you very unusual for Star Wars. Um, but but well done. And uh, yeah, I I I didn't love this one, but it was it's probably up there as far as as these ones go it, it was well made and and um just i think there's something maybe if i'd watched it subbed it would have been better too yeah like uh yeah. like uh <laughs> some of the the messages i think got a little weird hearing it all voiced instead of reading it and uh it had one of those classic things where dan says something and the master tajin is like oh you're so sarcastic dan and i was like 
what? He was sarcastic? <laughs> like, there's, there's no sarcasm in his voice at all. I was like, this is a weird performance. Uh, they, were, they were trying a little hard at the beginning to establish, like, oh, hello, we are friends. Yes, we are friends. We yeah. have been friends for a long yes. time. Yes, yes, we have. It's like, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I will say I do like, I think they did a good job with the battle here. Um, and I liked sort of the finishing move of, and I know it's really simple, oh, yeah. but I really like how just, well, for the people who haven't seen it yet, I mean, we're spoiling everything, but, uh, you know, the elder, I, I like him as a character because he's, he's human. Like he's very human, but a bit unsettling, I think like he's a, like a, yeah. a bit different and he's got these two blades and he loses one of them. And then after that, he uses his, uh, Sith lightning powers uh to fight back and the way to get around it is you know the master shuts off his sword and then you know puts it to the guy's chest and turns it back on and and i the funny thing is while i was watching all these shorts because i've for the longest time been like we got to do more turn off the lightsaber turn it back on like (laughs) i I was saying that the whole time and so what happened i was like no shit like somebody (laughs) did it okay cool I, I thought that was a really cool move. I feel like it's something I haven't seen in a, a Star Wars thing, and it's something that that makes lightsabers unique, and it makes it a more mm-hmm. interesting, versatile weapon. I, I really like that. <sighs> okay, so <laughs> <laughs> why you can't do <laughs> do this move one on one? Is that what Jesse's going to say right now? <laughs> It's yeah. the other way around, and like I can oh. feel that. Well, actually, yeah, that voice wants to come out, but no. In Legends, they do make a big deal about that. It has, I think, it's called Dracata or Tracata. It's either a D or a T, and it's like specifically the for like the form of lightsaber combat where you're turning the saber on and off to break like blade locks mm. and stuff. Like you're not the only one, David, who thought about this. Like yes, Star Wars fans yes, who great. are obsessed with lightsabers <laughs> have thought about this for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it came out in the books, and it's in the role-playing game, and like it, it's it, it, it is in there. Is what I'm Good. saying. Well, that's great. I mean, that's why we. That's why you're the Star Wars expert, Jesse. <laughs> and I appreciate, and I'm glad that you told me that because I I would feel weird. Like to me, I'm not like. Yeah, I don't think I'm a genius, and I was like the only one to think about. It. But I was like, "Why have we not seen this?" <laughs> so, so it's it's okay. It it's not a name, it. and people are people are practicing it and larping all the time. <laughs> like is what we're saying. Like somebody's in their backyard. I can feel my virginity growing. <laughs> 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 <It's> okay. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Anyway, happens, but uh, yeah, it was it was a really cool finish and a really cool way to cut all that tension, literally. Yeah. Okay, next is episode eight, Lop and Ocho uh, by Gino Studio. Uh, there's a rabbit-like alien slave that escapes the captors and meets the the leader of a village and ends up joining their family. Uh, they there's a flash forward and now the Empire has come to to take over the planet and the the daughter of the leader of the the clan wants to join the empire is like these this is the way to go uh, like the village is dying these guys will help us the father is like no way and the little rabbit girl is stuck in the middle the 
daughter doesn't want to, uh, to to betray her father, but feels like she has to in order to to, to save the town. So she joins the empire. Uh, the father feels betrayed and gives his the lightsaber that's been passed down generation to generation to the rabbit girl. There's a big fight um, uh, between the rabbit girl and the father and the the imperial people, and uh, the the it ends with like no one really. Uh, the, the empire leaves. I think the the village is saved, um, and the rabbit girl wants to reunite everyone. The the father is blinded, but rabbit girl and her lightsaber are going to go out and bring back the daughter and and have them all reunite on the planet once again. It kind of ends on a on a to be continued. I don't I don't know. That I did a great job on <laughs> describing no, I that one. I, I think you did a really great job. I've, like when I when you just said that back, I was like, "Oh man, this is a pretty interesting story, like a cool dynamic." And I really wanted to like this one, uh, also because it's like hand drawn. It looks like it. It feels very Japanese. Like I mean, a lot of these are obviously, but I mean, this the one planet the empire is on is clearly feudal Japan. It's so like, feudal, Japan. yeah. It's so I mean, feudal can, Japan. All the characters are wearing like old, yeah, like that garb. Yeah, but they're, they're um, kneeling on the tatami. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's, it's like, next level how that is, but. <laughs> But I found that just like the execution of the story with the dialogue and everything was just kind of like, huh? Eh? Like, what? Okay, your family got gotcha. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Why are you going with the empire? Oh, you want to do it for your father? Yeah, yeah. but but your yeah, father they, they, doesn't they want keep, you to do that. <laughs> asking her why she's going with the empire, and she they, they, like they never have an answer. Like, not yeah. in that character is conflicted, and that the story hasn't been fleshed out. Yeah. I I got enough of a sense of like she thinks that going with the empire is the best thing for the yes. planet, best thing for yes. the village, and the father yeah. just agrees. And to me, that was kind of enough. Like like the empire has the resources and is clearly doing well in the because they're taking over the galaxy. So I get it, and and I like the idea of it being a family squabble where she's like. I'm right about this. The empire is what's right. And the father is like, no, you're wrong. We have to do this the traditional way. Mm-hmm. And, and it could have been fleshed out more, yeah. but it's a, you know, 15 minutes short. And, and I think it was enough for that time span. Right. It's probably just, I just missing a scene. Sorry, go ahead, Jesse. Yeah, I just needed one line of dialogue. Yeah. Like one line of, well, since the empires come here, like everybody, like everyone can eat again because everyone has food now. Yes. Right? Since yeah. the empires come here, now we're a big map on the galaxy and we're involved in trade and stuff. I just needed that one line yeah. just to explain. I get what, like the, the bunny person, the sister who doesn't want to go with the empire was a slave of the empire. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> that didn't factor into your decision? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in the... um behind the scenes for this one the reason why they said that uh ocho went to join the empire was that she was thinking of herself and her like um not celebrity but just sort of like her place in 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 her thinking about what's right and that's sort of what turned her to the empire uh that was the the reasoning but i i didn't really feel that that yeah when, that was uh, not communicated at all that's right when when I was watching it. So I think that's, that's a big thing is like they, uh, they set it up. So, you know, they discover, um, Lop as a slave and, and then Ocho is like the first one's like, we're a family now. And then like right. the next scene, it's like 20 years later, how, how much time has gone back? And she's like, I'm a, going to do my own thing. <laughs> <And we're> like <laughs> what? <laughs> so that, that's, 
that I guess that was the disconnect. If they just had some little bit in between, then everything else would line up. I think the rest of it would have been would have been phenomenal. Is it is it just me? Is this an unconscious bias on my part? Am I the only one who just had trouble accepting the bunny alien? I there is Star Wars precedent for yep. the bunny alien Correct. in the Star Wars <laughs> comics. There's a green rabbit man named Jackson. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not like <laughs> Jesse. Just, just doesn't like either? just doesn't like rabbit people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just I kept thinking of like Bugs Bunny's girlfriend from yeah, Space Jam. I know what you mean. Like I think. <laughs> I hear you. I hear like I haven't seen the new one. I don't know. If- right, right. When you see mm. when you see all the other Star Wars, I, what I loved I as a kid what I always loved about Star Wars over Star Trek was that the aliens in Star Wars were alien. Like they really looked distinctive and they didn't always have to be, you know, bipedal or you know, I mean they could, they had, you know, just different uh characteristics where you're absolutely right. Like Lop in this is very anime bunny chick there um so i i I mean i didn't feel that way just because once again visions is you know anime version so i just sort of went with it i'm like okay cool (laughs) whatever (laughs) it is what it is i went with a lot for some reason it bugged me it's not fair i'm not saying they shouldn't have done it i just for some reason in my case it didn't sit right with me i couldn't reconcile it I, I, it's, ugh, maybe that's my personal failing. No, I think like I think the like I will I would I would agree with you that like the character design of that alien looks different from like say like a Wookiee. You know, like they they have it's it's very much uh, anthropomorphic bunny. <laughs> like that that yeah. is what and so so the design is different from some of the other uh, Star Wars creatures. So so I mean you're right. But I, I, one of the things I did like about it is that it's it's the only protagonist that we have that isn't a droid or yes. a human, right? Yes. There's very absolutely. Star Wars is very rich with interesting aliens, and and I know all the protagonists have tended to be human in the movies and whatever, but there's They're a lot easier to cast, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like especially yeah. around California, there are a lot of humans in the movie, <laughs> in the movie industry. Yeah. So, but with anime, this is the perfect opportunity to absolutely to have more interesting yeah. aliens. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, think it was a, I think it was a yeah, it was a big. Well, I don't want to say if it was a big oversight, but yeah, I think it's. I think a lot. Every single studio had to come up with how much do we want to show off Japan to the world in Star Wars version versus us doing a star Wars thing, you know? And I think a lot of them, I think I feel like, and maybe this is just me making it up, but like the people from Disney came to them and was like, make Japanese star Wars. And they're like, okay, well we better think about what Japan is. And <laughs> that's why yeah. they have more people and they, they have more Japanese culture, you know, really yeah. baked into it. And that would preclude aliens. Yeah. I, yeah. I see what you're saying. And yeah, a lot of the, like a lot of the themes of these are family, yeah. you know, and, and like, and res- like duty and martial responsibility. Like it's all, yeah, it's very much highlighting the culture. Mm-hmm. And so they want it to be Japanese people wherever possible, not Japanese Twi'leks or Japanese yeah. Zabrak or, yeah. Okay. I, I get that. 
Okay, and now we are on to the last episode. Oh, I just want to say about uh, episode eight there, another one of like a uh, village that needs defending from from the Empire or a Sith. It's uh, another mm-hmm. recurring theme in this, which again, it goes back to the Kurosawa of it all, but it's still a lot of similar setups in, in, uh, in these. Uh, and we're kind of back to it with this one. It's called Akakiri, and it is by Science Saru. Uh, this one, I, I had such a hard time following while I was watching, but the, the gist of it is a Jedi has been on this planet and uh, really likes this princess. Uh, he comes back years later and she is, uh, no longer, she's sort of exiled and she's trying to make her way back to the palace where the, uh, the bad guys have taken over. She's being escorted by these two wacky old men and he tags along. They get back there and he's throughout this whole thing. He's had these weird visions about, uh, someone being killed. The evil Sith lady, I guess, I think she's Sith is, is in charge and, uh, captures everyone and has this big fight with Subaki, the the former Jedi, or or I guess he's still a Jedi at this point. They have the fight. Uh, he, she sends a bunch of henchmen at him when he's disoriented and he strikes them all down. And then it turns out one of them is the princess that he had the crush on. And she says, Hey, she's not dead. The, the bad lady is like, she's not dead yet. We can work together and resurrect her, but you have to become my apprentice. And he agrees, even though that was the danger of coming to this place in the first place. And they resurrect her. And then they, the, the Sith leave and the princess is alive and, and it ends. <laughs> Well, he becomes Sith yeah, or, or becomes, turns bad or something. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah the, this was the, this was like somebody said, "Hey, can we just do the Anakin arc real quick?" Yeah, is that why it's called Akakiri? Is that just the Japanese form? For Anakin? <laughs> it's pretty much exactly the same arc. Yeah, I mean, this one just didn't make any sense, right? Because it's like, how did he how did he strike her down, or did I miss something? Well, it's like it was very stylized. There's like this flash and then sure, but like fighting, why was she there then, like like did like, like the, how did the they Sith, put her in that scenario that's what yeah, i mean like the Sith shogun took her dressed her up as a guard and sent her back out in like 11 seconds yeah while the jedi was having a crisis of something and, and then, then and, and then, then they like, like pushed her they pushed her like like they got her to like come at him somehow so that he could strike yeah. her down like and it just like was weird it just didn't make any sense and the you know we'd be talking about the fight scenes on all of these things and this one is is an easy fight scene to follow but man is it boring it's just like a distant wide shot and he's just swings swings sort of swings lurching well, dead. They, yeah. did, they did an interesting to me i think they did an interesting effect on how the lightsaber looked like they would do this um sort of trail effect uh that's maybe not doing it justice because i don't want people picturing like those hilarious trails on cursors that we used to have in 1995 but uh i know um, a guy who still uses that no they're still out there. false that's like more rare than well i mean now there's so many jedi so i guess they're everywhere <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, um, yeah, but yeah, it, this, I mean, I'll, I'll say it like they had a unique art style in this yeah. one and I just, I just didn't like it. I, again, like everyone seemed kind of like distorted and inhuman in a way that kind of bugged me. I didn't, um, it's, it's a preference thing. Right. It's not a judgment thing, Yeah, but I feel like it threw a shadow over the rest of it for me. I just, I found this one 
I just I, I had a lot of trouble getting into this one. I couldn't understand mm-hmm. it. I wasn't interested in it. I can't remember anybody's name. Um, I mean, and like George Takei did one of the voices in English, and that was a shock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. one of the like the nobody characters yeah, for yeah, some reason. Yeah. Like that's the most that I remember of it. And I just something about this one was a miss with me, and I felt really let down. Like besides the fact that it has an unhappy ending, but that this is the end, like that's how they ended the series. Right, right. I liked I liked the character design of like the villainous uh, woman. Yeah, uh, I thought that was sort of. Uh... An interesting take, and 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 I didn't, I I, I didn't mind the art style. Uh, I think because it it sort of suited the idea that I mean, as the short went on, it was turning more red, um, and I don't know, like it sort of facilitated this, you know, this Jedi who I don't know how he's a Jedi in the first place, like why he's having all these crazy um, uh, freakouts. Uh, and he can't really stand, <laughs> but, um, uh, but I didn't mind that sort of transition. So having that sort of loose, uh, animation style, I thought was, was all right. Kind of worked for it. Yeah. I, 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 I again, like I, I had a hard time following it. This is the only one of them I watched twice and even seeing it twice. I was like, I don't fully grasp what's going on here. And, and like reading the Wikipedia summary helped, but. Uh, like there's things in here that I did not pick up on. Like they, the way they resurrect the princess is they form a, a dyad, a force dyad. And it's like the only other time in star Wars that's been said <laughs> other than in rise of Skywalker. And it's not even yeah. said in the thing. They don't explain how they're able to. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That famously means nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like even tachyons have a basis in scientific theory, but Star Trek uses them all the time to explain away whatever. But mm-hmm. fo- what the hell is a force diet? I think that was the sub <laughs> that was the subtitle of our Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this yeah. is another one that ends with, that has like royalty and a village under attack. It's again, it's like like five out of nine of these have something like that. It's I, again, I, as we said at the beginning, I just wish there'd been more of a guiding force here where someone could be like, here's, I, you can do whatever you want, but I need a couple of things. It needs to be set in this time period and it needs to, this, yours can be about Jedi, but yours has to be about bounty hunters and yours has to be about, uh, like a pod race, something, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. something to make them more unique instead yeah. of just, they all seem to follow similar tropes. Yeah, and it's it's a to a detriment of them because we're going to compare each of them to each other, right? So yeah, there's going to be a clear winner, and then there's going to be clear losers. And especially having them all released on the same day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do understand that this was a cultural thing. Like, I a part of me doesn't. I if that had happened, I feel like we would have been saying, "I wish that they had more freedom." I would have loved to see what they would have done with no shackles, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And like, so I, I don't like I under I, I wish that it had turned out that there were many different ideas, but I don't know if I can get on board with having locked it in for people, I right? I, I mean, to me, I think the easy way would have just been tell them, "Hey, please come up with." two ideas or three ideas that are drastically different that you want to do. And then we'll pick one of those three. <laughs> and then yeah, and if they work. did that for all yeah. of them, then we would get some kind of variation. But uh, um, at least one space battle would have been nice. 
Yeah, the yeah. closest you get to that is in Twins, and it's ludicrous. Yeah, that does not count. <laughs> yeah, well, to me, like, the closest one would also even be, like, in the Ninth Jedi, right? Because they do the speeder. Um, right. Bit, which isn't a lot, but I think they did a great job with it. Uh, and it would have been nice to see, yeah, to see more of it. So I, I kind of want to do, like, what everyone's favorite was, but I'm starting to feel like we're going to land on Ninth Jedi, and I don't know that yeah. that would have been my pick at the beginning, but oh, after really? talking about them all with you, <laughs> I, I've definitely been swayed. It's 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 really solid. I mean, I put ninth like in my notes here. I put best one of the bunch. That's what I put for the ninth Jedi. Um, uh, yeah, I would say ninth Jedi is the best one, but my favorite is the duel. Yeah, I think I think the duel takes the idea that says like essentially it's what if star Wars was in Japan. Right. I think, and I think that one does it. It does it stylistically. It does it artistically. It does it through the dialogue and it is a very successful short. Like we don't have a lot of complaints about that one. Mm -hmm. Um, I, it's not the most like, that's all it could ever be. Yeah. But you could never do anything more with it. But as a singular individual piece of art, I think that one is my right. favorite for sure. I think yeah. that's a standout. In, in my way, like I, I do think that Ninth Jedi is my favorite. But but going along those lines, the twins, the <laughs> ridiculousness of it, just like to me, if I'm going to say like, let's put anime Star Wars overdrive, punch it, you know, like let's just do that. Yeah, lightsaber high heels. Those exactly, are a thing now. Exactly. Like, let's do yeah, it. I'm waiting for the cosplay. Somebody got to do it. <laughs> I, I would have had the duel ranked higher if so many of the elements of it weren't repeated in later ones. Like the village that needs defending, the Ronin Jedi, although in this case, or Ronin Sith. In this case, he's literally called Ronin. And uh, the Kyber Crystals. It. it diluted it a little bit retroactively so from that perspective judge it on like hey hey i just did (laughs) (laughs) okay that's fair yeah (laughs) so based on that i'd have to give bonus points to tatooine rhapsody just because it's the the most unique out of all of them there's like no kyber crystals no real jedi influence it's just a rock band doing stuff and everything's adorable in it and everything is adorable, but children don't like it apparently. With our with our with our our our, our yeah. census of one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, then. Uh, I mean, it sounds like we've got three different nominations, and I guess at the end, it's just overall. I mean, did we have a good time? I would recommend people watch it. I think uh, it's they're good enough. The animation itself, the quality of the animation itself, I think is. Um, warrants a watch uh the ideas aren't brand new uh there are a lot of tropes that we've all seen before um but uh i think you know if you have disney plus it's free uh it's not going to be a waste of your time i don't think i would have watched them all if we weren't doing this podcast so i guess (laughs) i guess my vote is no but like i think uh I don't know if I would have continued beyond the third or fourth episode, especially twins. I had a real hard time <laughs> with that one. <laughs> yeah. And that's why you're not watching anime. <laughs> yeah. I I think that's the line. I think somebody who like even like not even an enthusiast, but someone who's watched anime and is like, yeah, that was all right. I'd say, yeah, you should give this a shot. People who are coming at it, like who have only seen star Wars, 
or even people who are just like, what is this thing? I don't know. Like I'm thinking like, like my mother mm. will not tolerate this. She will right. not make it 60 seconds into any of these shorts. I mean, she's an extreme case. She won't even watch what if, but I, oh. I like a lot of, I know a lot of people. I think, like, I think there's a barrier to entry to mm. this. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because I don't think new audience is what their target is. I think that the target audience are, you know, Japanophiles and anime people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. But I, I, I enjoyed it enough. Like, you know, I don't feel like I wasted my time, but I wouldn't go tell like, I wouldn't go hunting people be like, oh, have you seen Star Wars sure. Visions? Oh, man, yeah. you got to call it up. I don't think that's happening. Yeah. Absolutely. I think uh, I also have a skewed point of view because a lot of my friends now are like animators and things. So, they, <laughs> <laughs> so they're all going to watch it. But uh, yeah, you're right. All right. Well, David Hall, thank you so much for adding your uh, like your, your anime sauce to our Geek Top 5 burger. <laughs> it wouldn't have been a complete meal without you. For sure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Anytime. And uh, while we're giving out thanks, I would be remiss not to mention Oliver Wickham, the guy behind our theme song. Please check him out. He's on Spotify. He does a lot of music he's produced up there. It's absolutely worth your time. And finally, thank you out there, the Geek Top 5 community, our listeners, our fans, uh, all the people who are just as into Star Wars as we are and as into anime as uh, a little bit as me, but mostly David, but also into anime as well. Um we get to have a ton of fun on here thanks to you and your interest, and we hope we are giving you what you crave. Uh, if we're not, uh, we'd love to hear about it. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or criticisms, or even want to, you know, give a give Akakiri uh, you know, something, give it a little shot in the arm, that's something that we missed, we would love to hear about it because we love arguing about this stuff all day long. Graham, how can they get that kind of stuff to us? Please email us at geektop5 at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash geektop5. We're on Twitter at geektop5. You can also go to geektop5.com and leave a comment on the website. And please don't forget to rate us, rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice. Those ratings and reviews, super helpful to us, by the way. They're a great way to tell where the show's being listened to, who's listening to, and we can help use that to tailor the experience for you. Just a little bit of time out of your day would mean the world to us. Thank you in advance for those notes. In any case, Star Wars Visions uh, is available on Disney+. Plus. It's a couple hours long total. Um, it is... You know, it's not a full run season, but there's enough in there to keep you busy until we have a chance to do this again. Until then, I'm Jesse. I'm Graham. And this has been Geek Top 5. We'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>